Hello and welcome to the Shalom Kaysen Show. Today we're doing a black biography and we're talking about Venerable Pierre Toussaint. He was a Haitian American hairdresser, philanthropist, and former slave brought to New York by his owners in 1787. After his marriage to Juliette Noel, Toussaint and his wife opened their home as an orphanage, employment bureau, and a refuge for travelers. He also contributed funds and helped raise money to build St. Catholic's Cathedral on Mulberry Street. He was declared venerable by Pope John Paul II. And we're going to get into the, our show with my new intro music. All right, so Venerable Pierre Toussaint, we're going to go into his life more deeply right now. Oh, but first, let's talk about what is a venerable because he is currently a venerable. So the venerable is used as a style or epithet in several Christian churches. It is, come on, also the common English language translation of a number of Buddhist titles and is used as a word of praise in some cases. We're talking about Christianity in this instance, although it is good to know that it is used in Buddhism. So in the Catholic Church, after a deceased Catholic has been declared a servant of God by a bishop and servant of God is a term used for individuals uh, by various um, religions for people believed to be pious in the faith's tradition. In the Catholic Church, it's the first step in designating an individual who is being investigated by the church for possible canonization. Okay, so once they've been declared a servant of God by a bishop and proposed for beatification by the Pope, such a servant of God may next be declared venerable, which means heroic in virtue during the investigation and process leading to possible canonization as a saint. So venerable just means that they are on their way, well on their way to becoming a saint. A declaration that a person is venerable is not a pronouncement of their definitely being in heaven. The pronouncement means it is considered likely that they're in heaven, but it is possible the person could still be undergoing purgation in purgatory. So uh, Pierre Toussaint is considered a venerable, which means he is on the way to becoming a saint. So let's talk more about this handsome gentleman right here. So he was born in June 27th of 1766 in modern day Haiti. Pierre Toussaint was born a slave. Pierre was the son of Ursul at the Ar Artibonite plantation and owned by Berard by the Berard family. The plantation was located on the Artibonite River near St. Mark on the colony's west coast. His father's name is not known. He was known to have a sister, Rosalie. His maternal grandmother, Zenobi Julian, was also a slave and was later freed by the Berards for her service to the family. His maternal great-grandmother, Tonette, had been born in Africa where she was sold into slavery and brought to St. Domingue. He was raised as a Catholic. Pierre was educated as a child by the Berard family's tutors and was trained as a house slave. The senior Berards returned to France, taking Zenobe Julianne with them, and their son Jean Berard took over the plantation. As the tensions rose, which would lead to Haitian slaves and free people of color, color rising in rebellion in 1787, Berard and his second wife left the island for New York City. 
taking five of their slaves with him, including Pierre and Rosalie. Now let's talk about his life in New York. Upon their arrival in New York, Berard and Pierre apprenticed to one of the New York's leading hairdressers. The master returned to Saint-Domingue to see to his property. After Jean Berard died in Saint-Domingue of pleurisy, uh, which is also known as pleuritis, it's an inflammation of the membranes that surround the lungs, Pierre, was, who was becoming increasingly successful as a hairdresser in New York, voluntarily took on the support of Madame Berard. His master had allowed him to keep much of his earnings from being hired out. Pierre's kindness to his mistress was noted by one of her friends, Mrs. Philip Schuler, whose notes were a source for the 1854 memoir of Toussaint. Madame Berard eventually remarried to a Monsieur Nicholas, also from Saint-Domingue. On her deathbed, she made her husband promise to free Pierre from slavery. As a very popular hairdresser among the upper echelon of New York society, Toussaint earned a good living. He saved his money and paid for his sister Rosalie's freedom. They both still lived in what was then the Nicholas house. He was freed at age 45. Catherine Kitty Church Kruger, two years older than Toussaint, would become one of his key clients and friends. She was the daughter of John Barker Church, who would give the pistols to Hamilton for the duel in Weehawken, and Angelica Schuler, the muse and confidant of Hamilton and Jefferson. Due to connections among the French immigrant community in New York, Toussaint met people who knew the Berards in Paris. He began a correspondence with them that lasted for some decades, particularly with Aurora Berard, who had been his godmother. The Berards had lost their fortune in the French Revolution, during which Aurora, Aurora's father died in prison and her mother soon after. Her other siblings had married in France. And we will, um, I will be talking about the French Revolution in my history show, but that's not going to be for about 1,000 or so years into the show because right now I'm on the year 70. So, but uh, stay tuned and you'll be able to learn about that. So, um, Toussaint also corresponded with friends in Haiti. His collected correspondence filled 15 bound volumes as part of documentation submitted by the Archdiocese of New York to the Holy See to support canonization. Let's talk about his marriage and family. In 1811, Toussaint married Juliette Noel, a slave 20 years younger than he, after purchasing her freedom. For four years, they continued to board at the Nicholas house. They adopted Euphemia, the daughter of his late sister Rosalie, who had died of tuberculosis, raising the girl as their own. They provided for her education and music classes. In 1815, Nicholas and his wife moved to the American South. Together, the Toussaints began a career of charity among the poor of New York City, often taking baked goods to the children of the orphan asylum and donating money to its operations. Charity. Toussaint attended daily mass for 66 years at St. Peter's in New York. He owned a house on Franklin Street where the Toussaints sheltered orphans and fostered numerous boys in succession. Toussaint supported them in getting an education and learning a trade. He sometimes helped them get their first jobs through his connections in the city. They also organized a credit bureau, an employment agency, and a refuge for priests and destitute travelers. Many Haitian refugees went to New York, and because Toussaint spoke both French and English, he frequently helped the new immigrants. He often arranged sales of goods so they could raise money to live on. He was renowned for crossing barricades to nurse quarantine cholera patients, and cholera is an infection of the small intestine by some strains of the bacterium Vibrio cholerae. Symptoms range from none to mild 
or severe. The classic symptom is large amounts of watery ugh, diarrhea that lasts a few days, vomiting, and muscle cramps. So cholera was a big problem in the past. Um, in some third world countries, it's still a problem, but it's not so much of a problem in America, in, you know, in, um, in Europe and other places where we found good treatments for it. But there were epidemics of cholera back in the day. As you can see here, a picture of someone who has it. Ooh, not nice. So um, Toussaint also helped raise money to build a new Roman Catholic church in New York, which became Old St. Patrick's Cathedral on Mulberry Street. He was a benefactor of the first New York City Catholic school for black children at St. Vincent de Paul on Canal Street. As Toussaint aged, he continued his charity. At his death, his papers included records of his many charitable gifts to Catholic and other institutions. His character was lauded by friends and acquaintances. He was one of the leading black New Yorkers of his day, but his story became lost to history, which is very, very sad. And you can read more about that uh, from his story, which is in the New York Times, uh, canonizing a slave saint or Uncle Tom question mark. I don't even know what that means, but this article talks more about uh, Pierre Toussaint because some people question like, uh, you know, was it even good what he did? And, and of course it was, of course, which is why I'm doing a biography on him. Later years, Euphemia died before her adoptive parents of a tubo tubo sorry, tuberculosis like her mother, which was another big problem back in the day. Tuberculosis um, killed a lot of people uh, back in the day before the 20th century. Um, Juliet died in 1851, two years later. Pierre Toussaint died on June 30th of 1853 at the age of 87. He was buried alongside his wife Euphemia in the, and Euphemia in the cemetery of St. Catherine's, St. Patrick's, sorry, Old Cathedral on Mott Street. Juliet Noel. Juliet Noel Toussaint was the wife of Pierre Toussaint and both consecrated their lives to helping the poor and doing charitable work. Juliet was born into slavery in, in 1786. She was held by a French family. Her freedom was purchased by Pierre before they married in 1811. They continued together the charitable works Pierre had begun. The couple helped refugees find jobs, cared for orphans, and opened a school to teach black children. They also provided financial help to the Oblate Sisters of Providence. When a plague struck the city of New York, they worked and cared for the victims. She died in 1851 in New York. Pierre was 85 years old at the time Juliet died. Some people support opening the beatification of Juliet, who they say served equally with Pierre. Now let's talk about his veneration. After the formal approval by the Holy See of the cause of Toussaint's canonization, his grave was located and identified in the cemetery where he had been buried. His remains were transferred to the crypt of St. Patrick's Cathedral on Fifth Avenue, which serves as the seat of the Archbishop of New York. Now let's talk a little bit about his legacy. In 1854, a biography memoir of Pierre Toussaint, born a slave in St. Domingo, was written by Hannah Farnham Sawyer Lee and published in Boston, one of the genre known as slave narratives. And a slave narrative is a type of literary genre involving the autobiographical accounts of enslaved Africans, particularly in the Americas. So if you want to learn more about Pierre Toussaint, definitely read his memoir, Born a Slave in St. Domingo. Next, we have the Pierre Toussaint Haitian Catholic Center in Miami, Florida. You can um, that is named for him. 
the Toussaint Academy San Diego, formerly the Pierre Toussaint Academy of Arts and Sciences, is a residential secondary school for homeless 14 to 18-year-old youth founded by Father Joe Carroll in 1992 and operated as a component of Father Joe's Village, formerly St. Vincent de Paul Villages. Over 1,100 youth have, been, have benefited from a healthy, stable environment in which to dive, develop, identify self-worth, a sense of belonging, and connection to community honoring the legacy of Pierre Toussaint. Toussaint is remembered for his good works by a series of portraits in Gracie Mansion. Okay, let's talk about the canonization process, and then we'll talk a little bit about, you know, why is it important to learn about someone like Pierre Toussaint. So, in 1950, the John Boyle O'Reilly Committee for Interracial Justice, an Irish-American group devoted to social justice for blacks, began researching and publicizing Toussaint's life story. Because of Toussaint's reputation of great charity, Cardinal Terence Cook, then Archbishop of New York, authorized the formation of a canonization committee to study further. Based on their findings, in 1991, his successor, Cardinal John O'Connor, strongly supported Toussaint for sainthood and began the official process, according to um, him the title of servant of God. So once the canonization process starts, then that person will be given the title servant of God. Uh, O'Connor sent the needed documentation to the Vatican for this process. As part of it, the cardinal had Toussaint's body exhumed and examined. He was reinterred in the main cathedral. Toussaint was the first layman to be honored by burial in the crypt below the main altar of St. Patrick's Cathedral on Fifth Avenue. The crypt is normally reserved for bishops of the Archdiocese of New York. In 1996, Toussaint was declared venerable by Pope John Paul, who is now uh, Pope St. John Paul II, the second step towards sainthood. And I hope that um, currently the Pope at the recording of this video is Pope Francis. We have two black um, American Catholics who are kind of in the running to be canonized, Pierre Toussaint, and we have Father Augustus Tolton, and these guys need to be canonized. I don't know what the waiting is. Maybe maybe Pope Francis doesn't understand the need for more, um, I don't want to say diversity because the Catholic Church is extremely diverse, but there's always been problems over the years with race, especially in the earlier years in the 19th century. There's so many problems with race and the Catholic Church did not do a good job addressing it. In the 20th century, it's gotten way better, way better. And, and of course, today, at today's date, it's so much better. But in the past, it was horrible, and it would really help to alleviate those damages that were done in the past, not saying that it'll make a huge difference and more black Catholics will run with their arms open to the church. I'm not saying that's what would happen, but I'm saying for somebody like me, it would definitely make a big difference of seeing that, hey, um, the Vatican understands the problems that America had in the past and is addressing them just like it's addressing problems that were, you know, over the world in different places. We need these black, uh, we need these black um, um, holy people, saints. That's what we need. Father Augustus Tolton, Pierre Toussaint, we need them to be canonized so that we can really see just like Pope Francis did, um, he did a couple of Native Americans uh, from, uh, I don't need to say from America, he did a couple of Native Americans, he did people from other places that you wouldn't expect to make a point, like, hey, God loves everybody equally, he wants all souls to go to heaven, there's no color on your soul, there's no race on your soul, you know, it's just everybody who can follow 
God's commands through his grace, they deserve to get into heaven because Jesus died for all of us to be able to do that. But it's just not being shown. And and I think that there's no reason not to. We have Pierre Toussaint. We have Father Augustus Tolton. And we have Ju- uh, Julia Greeley, who I talked about in one of my other other podcasts. These people need to be canonized as saints, full saints. And I don't see why they haven't been. I'm not in charge at the Vatican, but it would really um, help people in the black Catholic community to have these saints to point to, to say we have a source in America of black Catholics doing great things, becoming saints. And then that can motivate people, uh, especially black Catholics, to evangelize more and to become holier themselves. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so uh, what can we learn from the life of Venerable Pierre Toussaint? So what we can learn, first of all, he was a slave, but he became, he was able to change his life around by becoming a hairdresser. And that was through the help of the people who were in charge of him, his masters at the time. They allowed him to do that. And when he was freed, he helped the people who were his masters before. So he had no ill will towards them. And and they were probably, I don't want to say good masters, like there's a proper way to say it. It's hard to talk about these things in a way that is going to be respectful for everybody. But there were people who respected him. His slave masters respected him. They freed him. And he, in kind, you know, uh, helped them out afterwards. So he became a hairdresser. So part of a getting away from slavery, and there's more than one kind of slavery. Right now we have the slavery of, we have a low expectations slavery, and we have a consumerism slavery, which basically low expectations says you live in this neighborhood, you live in this town, just your parents, your sisters, your brothers, your neighbors, they all did this kind of thing, where they were in this kind of lower class of society you know, you just just try to at least graduate school and just get some menial job and, you know, just live your life, get on welfare, whatever, and, and just just do that. That's that's a type of slavery that we're that people are being stuck in these neighborhoods, in these towns, in these places, and they can't get ahead because they don't even have the mindset to get ahead. They're not talking that there are other options other than basketball and, and rapping or singing right? That's not good. That's a form of slavery. So what we we need to do is look at these biographies and see people who took something like hairdressing. Hairdressing is a very popular <clears throat> thing in, in um, black communities. So why do we not have more hairdressers that are, that are you know, rising above? So we don't need to just talk about that people are stuck, but we need to talk about the ways they can get unstuck with things that are already available to them right there in their neighborhoods and they can improve their neighborhoods and they can improve themselves. So philanthropy is another thing, giving money to charitable causes. It's always good to do that. Pierre Toussaint was big on that. He he <clears throat> helped a lot of orphans and um, people who needed jobs and refugees. He was all about helping people and he uh, adopted a, a lot of people as well who were most of them who were prior slaves. So it, just learning from him, we can learn that whatever help we can give, we should give. But first, we have to help ourselves. He helped himself by becoming a hairdresser and, and by saving his money and spending his money in a smart way. Not saying, I need to get this bigger house. I need to get this this better carriage and you know all these things of in, in the 
uh, 19th century that were cool. No, he didn't say that. He said, I'm going to live in my master's house that they already freed me, but they're going to allow me to stay here, which means I don't have to spend any money on mortgage or rent. So I can take my money and utilize that to, first of all, help my master with other bills they have and also to be charitable. So don't think, okay, well, I need to get out of this situation by making all this money and then I'm going to get a big house and make a car, this, that. Uh, one of the people that I really respect who is a rap artist is Redman. Because Redman did an interview one time where he said that he, you know, I believe it was a MTV Cribs interview or something. It, it was a long time ago. He never moved out of the neighborhood in the hood where he originally grew up. There's nothing wrong with the quote unquote hood itself. The hood isn't the problem. The way the people, um, the way the people act in the hood a lot of times is a problem. So Redman said, these people respect me. I respect them. You know, they're, they're my friends and family, there's no reason for me to move from here. He saved his money and he's, I mean, he basically retired. He doesn't make a lot of new music all the time. He isn't forced to come out and make new music constantly because he doesn't have a ton of bills. He's not buying fancy cars, big houses, and buying everybody in their, in their mama house. That's not what's happening. He is living simply and he's able to help other people and save his money and, and live a life that is fulfilling to him. So that's another thing that we kind of miss when we aren't studying history and seeing what other black entrepreneurs and philanthropists have done in the past. So what can we learn? First of all, anybody can become a saint. doesn't matter where you were born, who's against you, or how, if people are racist or not, it's irrelevant. God wants us all to be saints. You can become a saint. Uh, just like Pierre Toussaint, Father Augustus Tolton, Julia Greeley, hopefully they will all be canonized soon. But even if they're not canonized, we know, we know that they've done saintly things and that they're well on their way to being canonized. So, um, but the first step is helping yourself by the grace of God to make yourself better with some form of education uh, or some job skill or something like that. And then to save your money and to apply it in a way that is reasonable and that is going to benefit you and others. And part of that isn't buying into the, cons the slavery of consumerism, buying bigger and bigger and more and more things, shoes, houses, cars, whatever. Those things aren't actually going to help you become holier. So um, part of what we need to do is get away from the slavery of consumerism, get away from the slavery of low expectations and move towards having higher expectations for, for ourselves, working hard at those goals, learning new skills, and saving money, and not buying into everything they tell us to buy into. So that's what we can learn from venerable, venerable Pierre Toussaint, and that is today's biography, and that is the Shalom Kaysen Show. We're going to close out with an Our Father, and I hope that you learned something, and I hope that you stay holy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. And, O oh Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to learn about the biography of Venerable Pierre Toussaint, and to learn how to become holier through the example of his life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for watching, and I'll be um, having another show today, which is Mental Prayer. I will see you 
then stay holy and God bless. Peace.